21st century Doing something mean to it Do it better than anybody you ever seen Do it, screams from the haters Got a nice ring to it I guess any superhero need his theme music No one man should have all that power The clock's ticking, I just count the hours Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power What's going on, everybody? This is the Seed to Unbeat, and I am your host, Austin Krell. So, the Sixers were in Cleveland this lovely Sunday afternoon, playing, obviously, those pesky Cavaliers. They were off, uh, fresh off of a two-game losing streak uh, at home, one against the Nets, in which Dinwiddie had 39, obviously, and then the one on Friday against... The Pacers, which was which was just a disappointing loss, but they were hoping that Jimmy Butler would be back to play, and they got their wish. He did return from his groin strain. Um, but going into this game, I was looking for a couple of things. Obviously, Jimmy Butler to make uh, to, to sort of what he looked like in his return from a groin strain, because those have a have a way of being pesky and taking a while to recover from. And a guy with his high usage over the years and at his, not age, but age, and that 29 is just, just about getting ready to... to it 20, 29 is like 40, in the in, in 40 or 50 in NBA years. So... I was, so, you know, I was happy to see him come back and, and, and good to go for this game today. And then I was also looking for Cleveland's response to not having Tristan Thompson. The first time that the Sixers played them in Philly, it was the Sixers' first home loss of the year. It was a disappointing one in that they sort of played down the competition and let them stay in it, and the Cavs pulled away in the fourth quarter. Large part, large part to, uh, in large part due to Tristan Thompson's ability to collect offensive rebounds and get second-chance opportunities for the Cavaliers in that game on which they converted. Obviously, as the story of the season has been, I was hopeful that maybe they could get a game where they where they didn't turn the ball over too many, too many times because when you commit 16 turnovers a game, which is about, I think, close to what they commit per game, you would like a game with, with low turnover numbers against a, a bad team so that you can get that confidence back up a little bit and sort of reset and then go into the next game think, feeling better about yourselves even though it's against a bad opponent. So I was looking for them to sort of lock in and, and be focused and take care of the ball. Wilson Chandler was another thing I wanted to keep my eye on because over the last few games it became ever apparent to me and I think to the general public as well that Elton Brand and Brett Brown need to work fast to get a, uh, a player who can play the, the four spot because Jimmy Butler is not, uh, not Jimmy Butler. Um, Wilson Chandler is not going to be that guy. He's a fill-in because he traded away Sharich, obviously, but you look at what he produces and he just, he, he can't start for a, a legitimate contending team. And so whether it be via trade or via buyout, I was sort of looking to see what kind of life he would give them today. And uh, because my, my thought was, 
the more he struggles, the the, the more pressure Brett Brown and, and Elton Brand are gonna work are gonna feel to make a move to get an upgrade at that position and move him to the bench. So it's looking to see what he could give them to sort of hold off a little longer. Anyway, let's get to the game. So the first quarter, it was a it was sort of a uh, a a worrisome opening, we'll call it, because they began the game with a missed shot, a missed layup from Ben down uh, down low, and then a turnover from JJ. So it was it was back to back possessions of just bad execution and not getting good looks. However, as the first quarter wore on, as most games do, things things uh, sort of neutralized and are uh, uh, and sort of came down, calmed down and became more level-headed. As has been the case of, of late, Ben Simmons was tremendously aggressive in the first quarter, scoring nine of the Sixers' first 14 points in the game. Once they subbed out Jimmy and Joel, they opted to move Ben to the stretch four, no, not the stretch four because he can't shoot, but the four spot and play small ball. And immediately I could sort of see why Brett Brown doesn't do that often. And it sort of answered the questions that I had there as to why he opts to go with Ben at the four. And the answer is this. Ben needs to put on 20 pounds to be able to go up against any kind of four on the offensive end. Because he can't get by anyone right now because he's not he's not bulky enough. And obviously he has zero jump shot. So that stalls the offense because he can't score anything. And then when he's operating out of the post, because he has no jumper, he can't create for others because everyone just knows that they can sit back and guard their own man without having to help. And they don't have enough shooters to really create action around Ben to, to, to work with. So I see why that why Brett Brown doesn't do that very often. Um, in the first quarter, the Sixers had, had four turnovers, which really kept the Cavs in it and then eventually gave the Cavs the lead. Sixers led by, I think, as many as seven, I want to say, in that first quarter. Um, but the defense, they allowed 36 points in the quarter on 58% shooting. And it really felt like they were just walking through that first portion of the game. Cleveland led 36-29 after the first quarter. And then the second quarter, um, things got a little bit ugly. The, the, st- the storm got worse before the sun came out in this game. Um, started off with the Sixers were not stopping anyone. The, the Cavs were, they'd score, and then the Cavs would be right back in their mitt, running up the, running up the middle of the court and getting anything they wanted. Uh, they were giving up points in the paint. They weren't getting back on defense, and they couldn't stop anybody. As a result, Cleveland was was just scoring at will in in, in that second quarter. TJ McConnell was ultimately a great spark plug off the bench for them, as usually he pushed the pace and forced the, the Cavs to make defensive decisions that young guys tend to not make too well. Ultimately, it led to some uh, good shooting and good and good scoring opportunities for other other uh, players in the lineup. TJ also had four points on two of three shooting in that first half. So he sort of brought them back to life and sort of gave them a kick in the ass that they needed in this game to wake up or else there was going to be a third straight loss heading to San Antonio after this game for a back-to-back and you would have three losses in a row and the last one being a a demoralizing one against a bad Cavaliers team. 
Uh, the bench had 12 points in that third in that second quarter. If you remember correctly, they had 15 all of the game against Pacers. So that tells you a lot um, about the importance of the bench in this game tonight. Butler had seven points in the first in the second quarter after not scoring at all in the first. So it was good to see him sort of get back to that uh, pre-injury game that he has. He was he was making shots. He was getting to the line, and he looked he looked healthy. He looked fine. Nothing seemed to nag him. They the Sixers were uh, outscored the the Cavaliers by 14 in that second quarter, 36-22. Ultimately, they were up they were up 65 to 58 at the half at the halftime point. And in honor of halftime, because we're about halfway through this podcast, I'm going to give you a couple of words from our sponsors. Do you like to shotgun beer? Do you want to increase your shotgun time at parties? Check out my boys at the King Cobra. King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hole in under a second. It is also a bottle opener, tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. Check them out on Instagram at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. With Cobra spelled with a K. For a 10% discount on all Cobra products, enter the code TRUSTTHECOBRA10, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. Halftime is over, and so with that first half, uh, I thought that th- the only reason that the Cavaliers were in the game at all was atrocious paint defense by the Sixers. The Cavaliers had 24 points in the paint in the first half, but they were only shooting 45% from the field. So if you take away those po- those paint points, they are obviously they only have uh, 34 points on the game, and they're down by 31 at halftime, but they're also only shooting about 20% from the field. The difference maker ultimately for the Sixers was the rebounding. They had a 29-18 to rebound advantage at the end of the first half, and that kept them in the game when they were down, and then that helped them expand upon the lead. It was one shot and done for the Cavaliers on the most part. Um, Third quarter... A three-point shooting came to life for the Sixers. They, they shot two of seven from three in the first half, which I would think is a season low for them in a half. Is just two made threes, but I could be wrong there. The three-point shooting came alive. Uh, they built that lead up to 13 in that third quarter. However, sloppy play late in that frame ultimately helped the Cavs get back into it thanks to some good shooting of their own. And they got it to within four at uh, the buzzer in the third quarter. Ben Simmons ultimately, uh, uh, Ben Simmons had a triple-double before the end of the quarter, so that kind of tells you the kind of night he was having. Um, But I was a little worried because I was was wondering, is this going to be another blown lead for them? Uh, They're going to lose another, a a, a disappointing game to the Cavaliers and go into San Antonio having lost three in a row. And they have not had any success really at all in San Antonio in the last 15-ish years. They got their first win in the last 24 attempts in San Antonio last season. But they came out guns blazing in the fourth quarter. They made, I want to say, um, five or six threes in that fourth quarter. They had no turnovers. They finished with nine for the game. And ultimately, they, they outscored the Cavaliers by 19 in that fourth quarter to win the game. By 23, the final score was 128 to 105. So overall, 
in this one, I thought that Wilson Chandler played better. He had 11 points in 29 minutes tonight. Um, not a not a bad game for him at all, but I do need more because the, out of him because 11 points in 29 minutes is exactly what you'd expect from a, a valuable bench player. Not a starter, but a valuable bench player. A guy who can give you a contribution game in, game out. That's what you expect to be a good game from a bench player, especially on an elite team. Um, if they had 32 bench points, which is just about right on their average. They averaged 31 a game for the season. They, they scored 32 tonight, which was, I thought, a, a good rebound from their 15-point performance last game. They... Um, Hold on. Sorry, they had 38 bench points. So, yeah, 38 bench points. And so that's actually above the NBA average. That's the way above their average. And that really helped them in, the, in this contest tonight. The big difference maker that they adjusted on at halftime was clearly the, the, the points in the paint. Cavaliers had 24 at halftime. They had 14 the rest of the game, but 38 total. And that was how the Sixers took them out of the game because the Cavaliers were not making jump shots with any kind of consistency, nor do they have any players that they can rely on to make jump shots with any kind of consistency. And so, with that being said, if you took them out of the paint, you made them shoot jumpers, you were going to be able to blow them out. And that's what I said earlier about the first half. If they had kept them out of the paint, they'd be up by 30. And that's that was, that was ultimately the, the adjustment at halftime. They kept them out of the paint. They defended well around the rim. They forced the Cavaliers into jump shots. And ultimately, the Cavaliers only scored, I think, 50... Um, they only scored... No, they only scored 47 points in the second half. Feels like a lot, but when you score 58 in the first half, 47 is, is a pretty good improvement. And so Sixers win this one with ease, 128 to 105. Uh, players of the game, obviously Ben Simmons, 22 points, 14 rebounds, 11 assists in this contest today. The biggest stat for me is that he had no turnovers. He he helped the Sixers every time down the court. Every possession ended with a shot. Um, at least as far as he could, as far as he could, as he could help. And he did a tremendous job of just taking care of the ball and giving the Sixers every opportunity to score and to build upon that lead to get back into the game. Obviously, a triple-double is going to get you the, the player of the game most most nights, and 22-14-11 is, is a damn good performance. Landry Shamit was my other player of the game. He had 16 points off the bench on, on seven shots, four of five made threes in 15 minutes of play, a fabulous contribution by a young rookie that the Sixers rely on heavily to, to, uh, to, to produce for them off the bench. So let's look at this game in terms of breaking down the box. So the starters put up um, 80 points in this one. No, they put up 90 points in this game. 90 points. And so where did that come from? Well, as I said, Wilson Chandler, 11 points and 7 rebounds in 29 minutes. That's good for a bench player, as I said, not a starter especially on an elite team, if you're trying to get to that level. Embiid, 24 points in 
29 minutes on 16 shots, 9 rebounds. He didn't have to play a ton tonight. They were trying to get him some rest against a bet, uh, against a, against a much better opponent tomorrow in, in San Antonio. Um, so he sort of checked out, I think, midway through the fourth quarter, and that was really all he had to say. Ben Simmons, fantastic. 22 points in 32 minutes, 14 rebounds, 11 assists. Sorry, 14 assists, 11 rebounds, uh, four fouls, but no turnovers. That's probably that's that's got to be his best game of the year so far. JJ Redick, I thought had a good bounce back game. 14 points in 28 minutes, four assists for him. Um, two of five made threes, five of 11 overall. Um, I care more about the efficiency with JJ. He's going to score every game. I care about the efficiency with him, and he he was, he was very efficient tonight. Jimmy Butler in his return, 25 minutes. Brett Brown did, did his part to make sure that he wasn't overplayed. He had 19 points on 10 shots, three or four made threes, um, and he just he, he played great in his in his in his game back. And they they're a much different team. It was very clear they're a much different team when Jimmy's available. The bench: Miscala, 24 minutes; TJ, 24 minutes; Corkmaz, 22 minutes; um, Bolden had two points. In three minutes on a putback, Mascala had uh, eight points on seven shots. He's still sort of looking to rebound from that uh, that that illness that he had. He had also had six rebounds which and uh, three blocks in his 24 minutes, so he had a big impact off the bench. Amir, two points, three minutes. He's been uh, really phased out of the rotation for all intents and purposes, which is honestly what, what, what should be happening because he's awful. Landry, 16 points in 15 minutes. On seven shots attempted, four or five from three. Um, TJ, eight points on four or five shooting with five assists. Only one turnover in the game. So a, tr- a great game by TJ McConnell to um, effectively serve as a spark plug off the bench, which is exactly what you ask of him. Low turnovers, distributing, distributing the ball, scoring when he can, and... He's doing his job as far as I'm concerned. Shake Milton, six minutes, nothing across the board. And uh, Korkmaz had two points in 22 minutes, one of six shooting. It's It becomes uh, pretty apparent that Korkmaz, against any kind of level of defense, uh, is taking completely out of his game. He needs really to be red hot to give you anything. Um... But ultimately, this game was decided early in that fourth quarter. They had an 11-2 run to begin the quarter, and they never looked back from there. So with that, not much to be said outside of that. The Sixers dominated Cleveland tonight, as they should. They will be in, they will be in San Antonio tomorrow, 8.30 tip-off. The Spurs are 15-15 and on the season, 11-5 and at home. Sixers are 20 and 11 on the season, six and eight away from their home court. Um, but they've won six of their last nine on the road. So they're, they're trending in the right direction. That's for sure. Um, the Spurs will probably ultimately be favored in this game. I would imagine only by a little bit though. Again, if, if I think the key will be Butler getting back and healthy um, and him limiting DeMar DeRozan. If you can hold DeMar DeRozan to an inefficient night, which is not hard because he's not a good shooter, really. He just takes a lot of shots. 
if you can hold him to an inefficient night and not let him get cooking at any point, you can you can win this game. Uh, there's no question about it. In my mind, San Antonio is not the team that they once were. So with that being said, there's not much else to talk about. Sixers win it handily, 128-105. They moved 20-11 on the season. Cavaliers 7-23 now on the season. Sixers in San Antonio tomorrow night for a reunion between Greg Popovich and Brett Brown. 8.30 tip-off will be right here after that game for post-game coverage. And with that, this presentation and its name are protected by U.S. copyright laws, redistribution, and reproduction of the feed to mb without my written permission is prohibited. Copyright the feed to mb 2018. Thank you for tuning in, everybody.